Chapter 9, Hello Father. He dozes off on Michael's shoulder as the blue-eyed man retells his whole story to Chico. He explains who he really is, who William is, and who Vanessa might be. Since Gregory knows most of this stuff already, he doesn't listen for long. He doesn't fall asleep, not completely, but Michael is warm and it's been so long since he's slept and felt warm too. The sidewalk is always cold at night, even during the hotter months. The only reason he opens his eyes again is because he feels a hand run through his hair. He hums, announcing that he's awake. You with us, bud? Um, yeah. Okay. Hope you had a good nap, Michael whispers. The hand leaves his hair, and he physically has to stop the wine that threatens to leave his throat. We're at parts and service, so I have to put you down. All right. He yawns as Michael puts him down. He's glad that he doesn't let go immediately, letting him adjust and make sure his bruised leg doesn't hurt to stand on. He nods and gives Michael the okay to let him go. Those bruises look bad, he hears a deep voice say. He looks to his right and sees Freddy. Should we take him to a first aid station? We can, after I examine you too. Michael walks over to the computer and types something in. The huge cylinder thing in the middle of the room opens up and Michael walks into its entrance. All right big guy, you're up first. Gregory and Chica stay outside as Freddy lays down and the cylinder shuts. He watches Michael grab a few tools on the work table inside before opening Freddy's hatch. Knowing what he knows, it makes sense that Michael is so skilled at repairing and working on animatronics. He's been doing it since the 80s apparently. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Gregory flinches, forgetting that Chica was in the room too. She chuckles at his reaction. He pouts and crosses his arms. I guess. I always wondered how Mr. Michael was so good at fixing us. It says on his application that he has no prior experience in working on animatronics. Well, being as old as dirt would give you a lot of experience. Chica chuckles again. Ah, I'm so surprised you two aren't related. You two sure do bicker like some of the families that come into the plex. Gregory shrugs. He probably just thinks I'm annoying so I get on his nerves. On the contrary. I think Mr. Michael is quite fond of you. He certainly cares about you a lot, enough to put his life on the line. He shrugs again. Sure, Michael would put his life on the line for him, but he's done that for other kids before. He cares about his safety but once this night is over he'll just put him back into the system and call it a day. Gregory wouldn't blame him, no one wants him around for long anyway. At least Michael is nice to him. Not everyone grants him kindness like that. All right. Michael says, once he steps out of the cylinder, no more having to charge every two minutes. And no more cussing protocol, thank God, he waves his hand at Chica, you're up next birdie. Chica nods and steps into the empty cylinder. Instead of going in with her, Michael closes it and walks over to the computer. Gregory goes over to stand beside him, peering over the table to look at the screen. What are you doing? Running a diagnostic, he mutters. A bunch of numbers and letters that Gregory has no idea what it means pop up on the screen. Michael reads over them, somehow understanding this weird computer language. What are you looking for? Anything abnormal in her coding, it should be obvious once I find it. Freddy leans over Michael's other shoulder as the older man continues to scan the screen. 
Finally, after another few minutes, his eyes light up. Found it. It's a virus. A virus, he asks. Michael nods and points at the screen. See? How is this part of the coding in bold and in a different color than its surrounding codes? That means it's been inserted by an unauthorized source. Huh, he says. Now that Michael has pointed it out, he can see how the virus stands out. So can you get rid of it? I'm gonna try. The next few things Michael does fly right over his head. He types something in and waits for it to load, before inserting a flash drive into the computer. The minute the flash drive is inserted, the entire screen goes black. Michael lifts his hands away from the keyboard in shock. Uh, he begins, was that supposed to happen? His question is answered when the screen glitches out, and a bunny symbol pops up on the dark screen. They watch in horror as something types out in the middle of the bunny head. Hello Michael. It's me. The older man's eyes widened. Father. Michael whispers, how, what are you? Modern technology is amazing, isn't it? I don't understand, how are you speaking to me right now? Michael growls. You and Afton, my boy. You should be able to figure it out. Michael's eyes shift back and forth, trying to find the answer. His eyes widen again when he does. It's you. You're the virus. Good to see you haven't lost your wits after so many years. This doesn't change anything. You don't need a physical form for me to kill you. Still on about that, you? If you just hand me the boy right now, then I promise to never bother you again. Bullfucking shit, Michael growls, you never change father. I won't let you lay one finger on Gregory. He isn't Evan, Michael. That gets Michael to freeze in fear. Don't. He whispers. Why spend your life trying to save someone who's already dead? You know what you did, you can never change that. It would be easier for everyone if you just accepted the monster you really are. Michael slams his fist against the computer desk, startling both Gregory and Freddy. I am nothing like you, understand that you piece of shit. This isn't about Evan or Lizzie or Mom or Charlie, it's about stopping your sorry ass from hurting anyone else. I know I can never undo what I did, but that doesn't mean I'm just going to stand by and let you kill children. I am not. You. Still as soft as ever. It's that boy, isn't it? You care about him too much, he is corrupting you. Don't worry, I will dispose of him soon. Over my dead fucking body you decrepit old psychopath. Michael slams his hand on the keyboard this time, and the screen goes black again. A blue screen replaces it, a loading bar in the middle. The bunny symbol is gone. Michael turns around and takes a few steps away from them, his breathing more erratic and his hands shaking. Gregory looks at Freddy, unsure of what to do. Freddy looks just as lost and concerned. William is more deranged than Gregory thought, and he can't imagine how Michael must feel talking to his father after so long. He slowly walks up to Michael, but doesn't touch him. He gives the man some space. Michael. The blue-eyed man takes a deep breath, but doesn't look at him. I'm sorry you two had to see that. It's fine, he says, but, are you okay? Michael doesn't verbally answer him, but his silence is enough. Gregory slowly reaches out and grabs two of Michael's fingers. That gets him to look at Gregory. For what it's worth, 
I don't think you're like your dad. The older man's face scrunches up, as if he's about to cry. Michael takes his hand fully into his and squeezes it. He smiles at Michael, and gets a small one in return. You're a good kid, Gregory. He can't remember the last time someone said he was a good kid. He's always been a troublemaker, or nuisance, or a bad seed. Maybe Chica was right. Maybe Michael doesn't think he's annoying and actually cares about him. Mr. Afton, Freddy says, the loading screen is complete. Michael sighs and walks over to the computer. He lets go of Gregory's hand only because he needs both hands to type. The virus should be wiped clean from Chica's system, so hopefully we won't be experiencing that again. That is good, Freddy nods. He looks at the screen, then back at Michael. Are you okay? I'll be fine, Michael whispers, I'm used to hearing my father's bullshit. If you do not mind me asking, who is Evan? Michael removes the flash drive and places it in his pocket. My little brother, he whispers, not looking at Freddy. I see. I'd rather not talk about him or my family life. Of course, Freddy says. Gregory is a little curious, but he understands the want to keep family secrets. But he can't help but wonder. What did Michael mean when he said undo what he did? What did Michael do? Chapter 10, A Helping Hand Since Mr. Michael can fix us, shouldn't we try and help Roxy and Monty? Gregory watches Michael's face fall as he turns to look at Chica. None of them had a destination in mind, but it makes sense she'd bring up her friends. Michael had already cleared Chica and Freddy of the virus, so it's possible he could do the same for the others. No offense Chica, but the only reason I helped you is because you were hurting Gregory, Michael says, our main focus should be getting him out. But helping them would also help him, she argues, less animatronics hunting him. Plus, more eyes to search for exits. Michael groans and throws his head back. He understands the older's reluctance to help the others. If Gregory was in his position, he'd ignore Roxy and Monty as best as he could. On the other hand, she makes a good point. It would make everything a lot less stressful if there were no animatronics hunting him down. Chica was nice once Michael rebooted her, so he assumes Roxy and Monty will be as well. I think we should help them, he says. Michael turns to glare at him. I agree. Freddy says. Michael redirects his glare to the bear. I do not like seeing my friends like this. I believe helping them would be beneficial for everyone. Michael sighs and throws his hands up. At the same time, the elevator opens and they step out onto the first floor. Fine. Looks like I'm outvoted here. We'll find Roxy and Monty and reboot them. Thank you, Mr. Afton. Thank you, Mr. Michael. Yeah, yeah, whatever, he sighs. He looks around the first floor. I guess we'll go to Roxy's raceway first, since we're close by. Knowing her, she'd probably stick to her turf. We could use me to lure her out. You wanna be bait? If it means finding her faster than sure. Oh yeah. Great idea. Here dash. Michael suddenly picks him up by his armpits and dangles him in front of his body. Gregory scowls as Michael holds him up above his head, Lion King style, and turns to face Chica and Freddy. Freddy looks confused, while Chica looks very amused. I'll just wait for the predator to come to me. 
It was just a suggestion. You don't have to be a dick about it. No, I think I do. Michael brings him down, but doesn't put him down on the floor just yet. Here's what you'll do. You'll hop into Freddy's hatch and stay there until Rox is rebooted, and don't come out under any circumstances. Gregory huffs. He wishes Michael would let him be more helpful. This is for your safety, superstar, Freddy says, as he climbs into his hatch. He doesn't say anything to the bear as he makes himself comfortable. He knows that they do this to protect him, but he wants to protect them too. He cares about Michael and Freddy and, little by little, Chico as well. He doesn't want to see them get hurt just to help him, not anymore. He wants to be there in case they might get hurt. But he's just a kid, and against huge and heavy animatronics, he's useless. It sucks feeling so vulnerable. It doesn't take long to find Roxy. Like Michael predicted, she was roaming around Roxy's raceway. Unlike Chica and Monty, Roxy uses mocking statements to try and lure him out. He hopes it's the virus speaking and that she isn't this mean all the time. Okay, I need you two to distract her while I sneak up behind her and reboot her systems. You got it Mr. Michael. Chica says. Freddy nods and both animatronics make their way over to Roxy. The closer they get, the clearer Gregory can hear her sniffing. Can she smell him? So not only can she see really well, but apparently they gave her olfactory sense. In his opinion, that's going a little too far. Roxy. Chica yells, getting the wolf's attention, have you found the kid yet? I wouldn't be searching if I have, she scoffs. She suddenly turns around to glare at them. Why, have you found him? Nope. Chica giggles. Roxy seems to relax at that. Good, because I'm going to find him first. I am sure you will, Roxy. You are the best at finding people, Freddy says. Roxy's chest puffs up in pride, and this is around the time that Gregory sees Michael sneak up behind her. What about Mike? Have you two seen him anywhere? The two animatronics freeze at that. Even Gregory freezes in surprise. Mr. Michael? Chica asks, no, I have not seen him at all. I thought we were only searching for the intruder, Freddy says. Roxy glares at him. Did you not get the new order? We're supposed to capture the kid and Mike. He's sneaking the kid around apparently, when he should bring the brat to Vanessa, she says, eyes turning purple. Oh great, now Michael is an active target as well. With Monty still on the loose, they'll need to be extra careful walking around. He's glad Michael instructed Freddy and Chica to distract Roxy, otherwise this would have been more dangerous. Why didn't you two get Vanessa's order? Chica chuckles and waves her hands. Must have slipped past our coding. Roxy glares at them. Gregory gulps. She's onto them. Are you too sure Dash? Suddenly, her eyes dim and her body slumps forward. Michael walks out from behind her and sighs. Gregory, deeming it safe, opens Freddy's hatch and hops out, standing in front of Roxy. Holy shit that was harder than expected. Why? Gregory asks Michael. Roxy is more sensitive than everyone else. She can see, hear, and smell things a lot better, so I had to be as sneaky as possible opening her up. Gregory's nose scrunches up. That sounds, excessive. Fazbaz do love to go above and beyond, Michael says. System rebooted.
Everyone turns to look at Roxy as her gold eyes light up once again. She shakes her head, just like Chico did when she first came to. She glances around and looks confused when she realizes she isn't in her room, like she's supposed to be. What the hell? Roxy. The wolf yelps as Chico barrels into her, arms wrapped tightly around the wolf's waist. You okay? Of course I'm okay. Roxy groans. She still hugs Chica back, despite the annoyed look on her face. I just don't understand why I'm here and not in my room. A lot has happened while you were corrupted Roxanne, Freddy says. Roxy's ears perk up at the word corrupted. Corrupted? Gregory tunes Freddy out as he begins to explain what is happening to Roxy. He takes to observing Roxy's raceway, since he never got the chance to earlier today, or yesterday. He mostly stuck to the arcades and L-chips, but Roxy's raceway looks pretty cool too. He's never been racing. It sounds more fun than laser tag, and even better than boring golf or bowling. He wishes he could have enjoyed it while this place wasn't so, murder why. He looks at Michael, who's now explaining to Roxy who he actually is and why he's here. He should have just waited until Monty was fixed too, since he'll have to explain his story again for a fourth time soon. He doesn't know why, but his eyes decide to drift up, way above Michael's head. That's when Gregory notices two red beams flying straight towards Michael. Not him. Michael. Naughty boy Tilda. Look out. He uses all of his strength to push Michael away from Moon's grasp. It works, thank God, because the sudden push is enough to startle the older man and cause him to lose balance. He lands flat on his butt and far away from Moon's grasp. Sadly, it just made him an easier target for the flying animatronic. He yells in fear as Moon grabs him by the back of his shirt and lifts him away quickly, out of reaching distance from Michael and the others. He's never had a fear of heights, but being this far up and dangling in the grasp of a crazy robot makes him rethink things. Gregory Moon cackles as Michael chases after him, Freddy right beside him. He yells and kicks and flails around in Moon's grasp, but it's no use. Michael is trying to climb the roof of Roxy's beauty salon as Moon flies away from the raceway. Gregory watches as the older man grows smaller and smaller, the distance between them becoming greater and greater. At least he protected Michael. Nighty night Tilda. Something hits the back of his head, and everything goes black. Chapter 11, Sacrificial. The next time he wakes up, He's in a room with two large computer screens and a metal door closed shut on the right. Freddy isn't around, and neither is Michael. Not even Cheek or Roxy are in this small room. He wipes his eyes of any sleep residue and slowly sits up. He flinches slightly when a voice emits from the computer screen. I bet you think you're real clever, Gregory. Yeah, I know your name. You're in big trouble. This is not the night to be wasting my time. So, you are going to wait right there in Lost and Found until your parents or the police arrive. Stay put while I go find Michael and stick him in here as well. Gregory scowls and flips the computer screen off, taking a lesson from Michael himself. He really does not like her. It's all her fault he's still here in the first place. Maybe if she didn't set the animatronics on murder mode and send them after him, then he could have left hours ago but it is weird that Moon got him and he's still alive. Is she really planning on setting him free, or is he trapped in here for a different reason? He sighs and goes to check his fast watch.
he grumbles in disappointment when he sees the screen glitching out. Great, now he can't even call Freddy for help. He's stuck in here, and he's alone. This is the first time since he's met Michael and Freddy that he's had to be alone. It sucks. His vision suddenly becomes distorted. His eyes widen as everything becomes static white and red. It's like, when that bunny lady passed by the charging station. Oh shit. He stands up quickly and gasps as a woman in a familiar patchwork suit skips towards the closed metal. Shit. Shit 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 he needs to think fast. He sees the glint of the knife in her hand, and he refuses to die like this. Alone in a stuffy old security room. He looks around and spots a present in the corner of the room. He rushes over to it, hoping something in it will help him. He whispered, yes, when he sees that it's a screwdriver, the one thing he desperately needs right now. He picks the screwdriver up and runs over to the vent. As quickly as he can, he unscrews the two screws still inserted into the vent. Just as he hears the door open, the vent falls to the floor, and he scrambles inside it, relieved to see the main atrium just on the other side. Are you having fun yet, Tilda? He most certainly is not. This is the most scared he's been all night, which is saying something. His vision is still blurry and static Y, which means the bunny lady is still nearby. He needs to run far away from lost and found before she finds him again. He runs across the atrium floor, and for the first time tonight finally notices all the security bots roaming the area. Being in Freddy Hatch or Michael's shadow did a lot to hide him from all potential danger. Now that he's alone, he's practically a sitting duck. Hey, he yells, as a security bot grabs him and alerts the surrounding area of his whereabouts. It doesn't hold him for long, but it's long enough for the bunny lady to catch up to him. Are you having fun yet, Tilda? He rushes up the escalator and dodges any and all security bots that cross his path. He manages to escape their sight, and he takes a quick second to observe his options. He could take the elevator, or hide in a photo booth. Hiding means waiting things out, and he needs to get to Michael or the others as fast as possible. So, elevator it is. He'll go up to the third floor and find somewhere to hide up there. He presses the button to the elevator and rushes in once it opens. He slams the third floor button just in time to see the bunny lady skip her way up the escalator. His heart pounds in anticipation as the theme music plays on the speakers. When the doors open, he runs out and looks around at all his options. His eyes land on L chips, and he decides to hide in there for a bit. He's familiar with the layout, and he doubts the bunny lady will scan every last nook and cranny for him. Luckily, L chips is exactly the same as it was during the day. He hides behind the counter, near the kitchen, and sits. His chest moves up and down as he tries to catch his breath. He doesn't regret protecting Michael earlier, but he takes back what he said to the older man a couple hours ago, he isn't a tough kid. He's scared and lonely and wants nothing more but to be back beside Freddy and Michael. He squeezes his eyes shut as he thinks about how safe he felt while in Michael's care. He didn't know just how lonely he felt until he had someone looking out for him. Now that he's alone again, he hates it. Going back to the streets after tonight will be rough. After another minute of catching his breath, he lifts his face watch to see its condition. It's no longer static Y, which means the bunny lady isn't close enough to disturb his vision or his means of communication. He presses the speaker button. Freddy? 
he almost cries in relief when the bear responds. Gregory. I am so happy to hear your voice. Are you okay? I'm fine, he says, I woke up lost and found and the bunny lady started chasing me. I ran all the way to El Chips and now I'm hiding in the kitchen. That is terrible. I am so sorry you were in danger. But you made it out. That is good. I will make my way to El Chips as quickly as possible. Are uh, the others with you? Chica and Roxy took to parts and service so that Chica can wipe Roxy clean of the virus. Mr. Afton, I do not know where he is. What? He whispered, that's not good. Bunny Lady is after him too. I tried to stop him, but he was very distraught after you were taken. I believe he is trying to find you. Gregory scowls. Fine. I'll just look for him on the cameras. Are you going to go find him? I would advise waiting in L Chips until it is safe. I'm not leaving Michael alone, he huffs, I'll be fine. I'll call you back when I find him. All right, please be safe, superstar. I will Freddy. Don't worry. He ends the call and takes a deep breath. Why would Michael choose to search for him alone? He knows him getting taken away must have been scary for everyone, but why would he roam this death trap by himself when he knows he's being hunted too? That doesn't sound like something Michael would do. He lifts his Fazwatch back up and flicks to the camera app. He starts from point A, which is the fourth floor, and makes his way down. With so many cameras and such a big mall, it takes him a few minutes before he finally finds Michael in the daycare area. He's standing in front of Moon with his arms crossed and a pissed-off look on his face. For once, the Moon doesn't look so homicidal. Instead, he looks, defeated. I am sorry Mr. Michael, he hears Moon say through the camera, but I truly do not know where Vanessa had me take him. I only remember her turning me back on so I could locate him and you. Think harder, Michael growls, search for anything until your coding is in ruins. You must remember more. I only remember my orders. I do not remember any locations or anything about a woman in a bunny suit. Michael curses underneath his breath and runs a hand through his brown hair. He turns away from Moon and marches up to the security desk. Moon tilts his head in confusion. What are you going to do? I'm going back to parts and service to talk to my father. Gregory's heart drops. Mr. Michael, I do not think Dash. He knows where Vanny is, which means he knows where Gregory is. I don't care what it takes, I'm getting him to let Gregory go. How? I'll trade my own life for Gregory's, Michael says, like it's the easiest decision he's ever made, if I promise to give him my soul for all the remnant I have, then there's a chance he'll let Gregory go. It's a slim chance. It's good enough. I'm not letting him kill Gregory. I won't let another child die under my watch. Michael quickly charges his flashlight and pockets it before making his way to the daycare exit. You are too sacrificial Mr. Michael, Moon says. Michael pauses. I know. It's the only thing that gives my life meaning. Gregory watches in fear as Michael rushes out the daycare to parts and service. He needs to beat him there. No, Michael is closer to the basement level and he's faster than Gregory. His best chance is meeting him at the ground level but by the time he makes it to the daycare, Michael will already be at parts and service. No matter what he does, he won't make it to the older man in time. 
He's too far away. He can't let Michael die for him. Why is this man so ready to sacrifice his life for Gregory? A street kid with no attachments to him. He won't let him make a stupid decision like that. Especially since he's okay and alive. Wait. There is something he can do. Something that will put him in danger, but hopefully, it might stop Michael in his tracks. He runs out of L chips and over to the balcony overlooking the atrium. He braces himself against the railing, takes a deep breath, charts out an escape route, and yells. Michael! Chapter 12, You Care About Me? The yell triggers all the security bots around him to sound off their alarms. It sets off a chain reaction, and the security bots on the lower levels activate as well. Gregory makes quick work and rushes over to the elevator, pressing the button to the ground level. He looks at his face watch and sighs in relief when he sees that Michael has paused, staring at the security bots in shock. Maybe he didn't hear his scream, but he definitely hears all the bots go crazy. He's confused, and that confusion has given him enough time to catch him. He runs out the elevator once it opens, making a beeline towards the daycare. Michael, he yells again. Are you having fun yet, Tilda? He cries out as a security boy snatches him by the arm, before a poured hand swats it away to grip his arm instead. Bunny lady, Vanis red eyes mock him as she holds up her knife towards his face. It's over Tilda. Let him go. Vanny hums and turns around just in time to see Michael lift his flashlight up over his head and bring it down against her head. She yelps in surprise and lets him go, clutching her head. It doesn't knock her out, sadly but it scares her enough to make her stumble back. Michael takes this chance to tackle her to the ground, going for the knife in her hand immediately. Stay down. He punches her in the stomach, a low gruff coming from behind her mask. Vanny swipes the knife at him, slashing him across the collarbone and shoulder, adding a new scar to his collection. Michael rolls away to avoid a stabbing to the stomach, and Vanny takes this chance to stand up and skip away, leaving the two of them behind. The blue-eyed man groans and punches the ground, unhappy he let Vanny get away. Gregory, however, is glad that he got away from her. It means he's safe. His stupid plan actually worked. He almost died, and Michael is injured, again, but still. It worked. Which means. You stupid idiot, he yells, turning to look at Michael, I heard you talking to Moon through the cameras. How could you be so stupid to just throw your life away like that? You're so stupid and stubborn and dash. His rant is interrupted when Michael brings him into a tight hug. Thank God, the older whispers, you're okay. Gregory blinks in shock. It's been a very long time since someone has hugged him like this. Michael has held his hand and ruffled his hair and held him, but this hug is different. It's one that comes from pure affection. It reminds him of how his mother used to hug him. Tightly, with his head pressed against her heart so he could hear how much she cared about him. That last thought makes his eyes tear up. Before he can reciprocate the hug, Michael pulls away and places his hands on his arms. Are you okay? That breaks Gregory out of his thoughts. He scowls at the older man. No? You were going to sacrifice yourself. Michael scoffs. Of course I was. I wasn't about to let Vanny or my father kill you. But, but you should care more about your life. I don't. Well I do. 
Now it's Michael's turn to look surprised. Why do you think I pushed you away from the moon? I wanted to protect you too, so don't go around trying to get yourself killed while I'm not here. We're gonna get out of here together whether you like it or not. Michael looks flawed, like he almost can't believe someone actually cares about him. He's stupid then, if he thought Gregory wouldn't care about him, how couldn't he, when Michael cares about him, so much so that he'd die just to protect him. Gregory doesn't let himself get attached to people so often and so quickly, but for once, he doesn't care. Michael is important to him, and he'd like to see him live through this hellish night. Gregory, he whispers, you shouldn't have to worry about me so much. Your main priority should be your own life. My main priority is both of our lives, so deal with it. Michael sighs, and almost looks pained at his stubbornness. I just, I don't want you putting your life over mine. I don't want you doing that either, so how do you think I feel? Michael looks down at the ground. I didn't think you cared that much. Well, I do, so dash, he huffs and kicks at the air, you know. This guy sure is stupid. How heartless does he think Gregory is? Of course he'd care if he died. He'll drill it into his head manually if he has to, just so he understands how much Gregory cares about him. I care about you too, Michael says. Gregory looks up at him. And I'm sorry for worrying you so much. I'll try to be more careful from now on. Gregory nods. Good. No dying. No dying. Michael smirks and pulls him into another tight hug. Unlike this one, he can tell this hug is meant to suffocate him. He squirms in Michael's hold, trying to free his arms, but they are glued to his sides. Look at you, being a sweetheart for once. I knew you couldn't always be a gremlin child. Let me go or I'll bite you. Ah, there it is. Michael lets him go and finally stands up, holding his hand out for Gregory to take. He takes it, but not without a frown, silently telling the older man he didn't appreciate having the life squeezed out of him. All right, Michael sighs, running a hand through his hair, all that's left is rebooting Monty, and then we can focus on getting you out of here. What about Vanny? Or your dad? Actually, I know how to help Vanny. Help? Chapter 13, please, not again. Gregory stares at the arcade game in disbelief. This, is supposed to set Vanny free of your father's brainwashing? That's what Moon told me. And you believe him? He doesn't have a reason to lie about this. He's still having a hard time believing that an arcade game could free Vanessa. According to Michael, or Moon technically, Vanny is Vanessa, but she isn't following William's command willingly. He's been brainwashing her for quite some time now, and her free will is locked within three Princess Quest games here at the Plex. It was the VR game in the first place that allowed William to control her, and now it'll be these arcade games that get rid of him. Moon knew where the first two were, but the third one remained a mystery. Michael said they'll try to find it after playing the first two and freeing Monty. So all I have to do is beat the game? Yep, Michael shrugs, I figured you can play it while I stand guard. Alright, he says. He climbs onto the stool and boots up the game. I haven't played any video games in a while, so sorry if this takes a long time. S fine, Michael says, it's been decades since I played one, so I'm not in any place to judge. I keep forgetting you're like, 60. The game turns on, and he begins his trek around a labyrinth as the princess.
Only mentally, Michael scrunches his nose up, even then I don't feel 60. I don't think I age past 21, mind, body and soul. How long were you a corpse for? He asks. He dodges a few enemies and lights a lantern. About, 30 years? Give or take. Holy shit, he gasps. He didn't think Michael was dead for that long. What's it like? Being a rotting, purple corpse with no organs? Yeah. Awful. You get used to it after a while, but I didn't know how much I missed the simple things like breathing. Or eating. You couldn't eat. I could, but the food had nowhere to go. I had to remove it manually. Oh gross. It wasn't pleasant. He lights the final lantern and follows a strange man down a dark hallway. Foreboding as hell. This might sound harsh, but, why did you stay that way for so long? I needed to find my father, so I kept on going. And I thought, what a more fitting punishment for someone like me. Gregory fights off more monsters. Does this have something to do with that thing you did? Your dad mentioned it. Yes. I'd rather not talk about it. You sure do have a lot of secrets. Well, what about you? Michael scoffs, all I know about you is your name and age. You're quite the mystery yourself. I like being mysterious, he whispers, as he beats the game. He turns on his stool to look at Michael. My life story isn't important anyway. I disagree. I'd like to know the basics at least. Like, what's your last name? Miller. Your guardian's names? I'll have to know them anyway when I call them. I'll tell you later. Michael glares at him. Why are you being so secretive about this? Why are you being so pushy? Michael's glare lessens, and a worried look replaces it. Gregory, you safe with your guardians? He doesn't want to answer that. He looks away from Michael, hoping the older man gets the hint and drops it. Of course, he doesn't. Hey, kid, it's okay, Michael says, kneeling in front of him, you can be honest with me. It doesn't matter anyway, he whispers, there's nothing you can do for me. You won't see me after tonight. But dash. Hey, little guy. Shit, Michael says. He grabs Gregory's hand and books it away from Monty's loud footfalls. Gregory turns his head and gasps as he sees how close Monty is. Has he always been so fast? They don't have the others to help them reboot him either. They need to lead him towards parts and service so Freddy, Chica and Roxy can hold him down while Michael fixes him. They don't make it far out of the arcade. A too large hand comes out of nowhere and picks Michael up. Gregory cries out in shock and lets go of the elder's hand. Michael. A huge music man looking animatronic brings Michael up to its face. It doesn't hurt him, just observe him. It doesn't make a move for Gregory. Got you. He yelps as a clawed hand grabs him by the arm. He squirms in Monty's grip as the alligator brings him up to face level. You're in big trouble little fella. You suck. Let me go, he groans. He swings his foot out and actually manages to kick Monty in the snout. He smiles in victory, but it falls when Monty doesn't let him go. His once red eyes turn purple as he glares at him. Gregory gulps. You're gonna regret that little guy. Monty, stop. Michael yells. 
he doesn't listen, unsurprisingly. He raises his other clawed hand and brings it down on his face. He ducks quickly, and instead of hitting his face, the claws scratch the top of his head and forehead. He cries out in pain as he feels blood seep down his eye to his cheek to his neck. He feels woozy all of a sudden, like he's going to throw up. His head burns. It hurts a lot. Music man please let me go, he hears Michael yell. So the big guy is music man too. I helped build your model, remember? Little music man? Gregory doesn't hear what happens next. Michael must have convinced music man to help him, because the next thing he knows Monty is dropping him and a big hand is holding down the alligator animatronic. He groans and turns to lie on his back. He brings his hand up to his head and winces at the sight of red. To his right, Michael climbs on top of Monty and goes for his back panel. H hang in there kid, he hears Michael say. He sounds, terrified. Yuji gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. He closes his eyes to prevent blood from getting in them too much, so he doesn't see Michael's shaky hands fix Monty, or the way his teary eyes glance over at him every second. All he hears are his annoyed groans and whispers of a not again. What that means, he doesn't know. G. Gregory? Answer M. Me, kid, why you still with M. Me? He hums and nods, not wanting to open his eyes just yet. He feels two arms pick him up gently, and his head rolls onto Michael's shoulder naturally. He's still warm. It makes him sleepy. Gregory? H. Hey, stay with M. Me, bud. He wants to but he's so sleepy. A little nap, wouldn't hurt. Gregory? Gee Gregory? He falls asleep to Michael crying not again, over and over. Chapter 14, Monster. Michael couldn't breathe. He felt like his lungs and heart would collapse under him with how much overtime they were doing. There is so much blood. He felt it between his fingers, he saw it when he closed his eyes, and he could smell it no matter how much he tried to ignore it. It felt like a never-ending stream and it wouldn't stop and it was all his fault it was his fault again this is why he's a no-good monster. Mr. Afton. He startles and turns around to see Freddy, Chica and Roxy rushing towards them, worrying on all of their faces when they notice the unconscious Gregory in his arms. Freddy is the first to reach them. What happened? M. Monty, he got H him, he hears Chica gasp and Roxy growl, I rebooted him. A arcade. Is there. I had to L leave, I have T to dash, he clutches Gregory closer to him as Freddy goes to examine the wound, H he's dying. I do not think he will need stitches, Freddy says, but he needs first aid. I have a kit in my room. You and Roxy go with Mr. Michael, Chico says. She holds up his flash drive. I'll go help Monty. Michael doesn't pay attention to anything else they say, just blindly follows Freddy and Roxy to Freddy's room. He knows they'll help Gregory, especially Freddy. He honestly should have let Freddy go with Gregory anyway, but the kid wanted to stay with him and Michael couldn't forget the way he looked when he told Michael not to leave him. He looked just like Evan, and Michael wasn't about to abandon another kid. Funny where his own guilt got him and Gregory now. Monster. You're a monster. You killed him. You've done it again. Just can't help yourself, can you? Mr. Afton. Freddy's voice brings him out of his self-deprecating thoughts again. We are here. 
Michael nods and walks into Freddy's room. He walks over to the couch and sits down with Gregory in his lap. Freddy busies himself by retrieving the first aid, while Roxy stands beside him. She places a hand on his shoulder. You okay Mike? You're shaking a lot. The kid will be fine, he's a tough one. Michael shakes his head. IIT still my F fault he got hurt in the F first place. Monty was the one who got him, she says, and even then, it's Vanny and your dad that are running this shit show. Gregory getting hurt is no one's fault but theirs. He doesn't respond. He doesn't want to tell her that she's wrong. That yes, his father is a monster, but Michael is one too. No matter how much he tries, he can't seem to ever do the right thing, and because of his incompetence children always end up hurt or dead. He's a bad person. A horrible person. Evan probably thinks so, and now Gregory will think so too. He'll be mad Michael couldn't protect him and demand to stay with Freddy, not that Michael would blame him. What's worse is knowing that Gregory might live with unsuitable guardians, and now Michael has become another adult who's failed him. He's silent as Freddy asks him to help clean the blood from Gregory's head. His hands shake as flashes of a familiar scene pop up in his mind. He never got to take care of Evan after his injury. Father whisked him away to the hospital as soon as the accident happened. At least this time, he can be somewhat helpful. The scratches do not look deep, Freddy says, I will put on some bandages. Hopefully this will slow the bleeding and minimize the damage. Michael nods and helps Freddy wrap the bandages around the head wound. He was right in saying the scratches aren't that deep, but he'll still need to go to the hospital when he gets out. Once they are done, the wound is completely hidden and there's no more blood dripping down the kid's face. It still unnerves him seeing Gregory so, lifeless. Mr. Afton, Freddy whispers, he will be fine. He still G got hurt, he whispers back, he could have D died. But you saved him, again. I'm the reason he got hurt in the F first place, he sobs, he isn't safe with me. I'll only get him killed. I do not believe that Mr. Afton, Freddy says, shaking his head, you have done all you can to protect Superstar here, but you are only human. Michael looks down at the sleeping boy on his lap. Maybe he should just, stay with you. I do not think he will allow that. And that's the worst part, isn't it? Gregory trusts him, a little too much for Michael's liking. He put his trust and life into Michael's hands and he almost died because of it. He doesn't know why he indulged the kid and let him stay beside Michael. He should have said no in the daycare, or made the kid stay with Freddy while he searched the pizzeria. But Michael is weak, and worst of all, he is selfish. He is weak because Gregory looks so much like Evan, and Michael couldn't make the same mistakes he made with his brother with Gregory. He is selfish because he wants the kid to stay beside him. He cares about Gregory, not just because he looks like Evan, but because, he just does. He's a good kid who cares about Michael's well-being. He trusts Michael a lot, and Michael trusts him too. It's weird to think he's bonded with this random kid after only a few hours together, but he has. He doesn't just want Gregory to live because it's the right thing to do, he wants Gregory to live because he wants him to leave here and be happy. It's how things should have been with Evan. With Elizabeth. They should have lived and grown up to be happy. Michael thought he could grant that to Gregory, but he can't. He's a monster, and monsters aren't meant to save kids. They are meant to kill.
that's all he's ever been good at. He sniffles and hides his face in Gregory's hair, ignoring Freddy and Rox's concerned faces. He'll miss Gregory, but he can't stay with Michael anymore. He needs to find his father and end things, and possibly die in the process, that's how he can keep Gregory safe. He promised the kid he wouldn't die, but things don't always work out the way they want. Gregory doesn't need him anyway. He'll be fine without him. Chapter 15, Family? It's warm when he wakes up. His head feels tighter than usual, but luckily there's no blood seeping into his eyes. The pillow underneath him moves up and down, and there's a hand nestled in his ratty, brown hair. An arm is wrapped around his waist, and the hand attached to said arm rubs his back up and down. It's soothing. It's safe. Mike? He's awake. The pillow underneath him gasps, and his head is gently pushed away from its comfortable position. He's met with Michael's teared stained face and red eyes. The older man looks like a mess. He frowns. Am I, Sheil? I, I was so worried, Michael sniffles, I, I thought why you dash. Oh? So that's why he looks so upset. I'm okay, he whispers, it doesn't hurt that much anymore. Michael doesn't answer, he pulls him into another tight hug, placing Gregory's head against his shoulder and his own head on top of his brown hair. Gregory hums, enjoying the warmth. I'm so sorry I couldn't protect you, Michael whispers. It's fine. It's not. It's dash, Michael pauses. He feels his hands shake on his head and back. Remember earlier when you asked me about that thing I did? Yeah? It has to do with my brother brother? William mentioned him, oh? Evan? He feels Michael nod. He died. A long time ago. To a head injury. Okay. He was put into an animatronic's mouth, and the thing malfunctioned and bit down on his head. That's awful. I put him into the animatronic's mouth. Gregory freezes. You, what? I was stupid, Michael whispers, I was mean and I thought it'd be a funny prank. He was always so scared of those fucking animatronics, and I liked scaring him and seeing him cry because I was a dick. I didn't, I swear I didn't know its mouth would snap. I didn't. Michael's grip on his shirt tightens. But I it did, and H he died, and I it was all my f fault. My father was right, I'm a monster. I couldn't he protect the Evan, and now, and now you almost de died too. I'm sorry Gregory. I'm s so sorry I f failed you. The older man sighs deeply. I I think it'd be be best if you stick with Freddy. I, I don't think you're safe with em me anymore. He takes a moment to process everything Michael just told him. No wonder he didn't want to talk about his family life. With a father like that, and what he did to his brother, Gregory can tell that he feels remorse for what he did. He can tell he's different from William by the tears and sorrow he displays when talking about Evan. Michael did something awful, and maybe even wouldn't be as forgiving as he is being. He'd understand if Evan wasn't forgiving. He saw a side of Michael that's cruel, and mean, and dangerous. To Evan, Michael is the brother who failed him miserably, but... But... To Gregory, he's the first person in a long time to actually care about him. To protect him and laugh with him and hug him like he's someone important. To him, he's a good person who did awful things decades ago. 
To him, an orphan with no support system, Michael is the family he wished he had. He feels safe with him, and this incident and his past doesn't change that. Maybe it should, but it doesn't. Michael is kind to him, and he hasn't been shown kindness in a long, long time. Please don't leave me. Michael sniffles and finally lifts his head to look at him. Gregory keeps his head hidden in his shoulder. It'll be okay. You'll have Freddy look dash. It's not the same. He feels tears leak from his eyes as he grips the front of Michael's shirt tightly. All my life, all people do is Jay just leave me behind. My dad left when I, I was a baby, and my mom died when I was four. Every F foster family I've be been to ends up giving me back because I can never fit in. The last O one I was in K kicked me out because T they hated me so much. Even while living O on the streets no one tried to help me or even cared. They all just turn a blind eye and leave. He sobs as he lifts his arms and hugs Michael tightly around his neck. Why you e the first P person to care about me since my mom? I I don't wanna leave here and G go back to being A alone and cold. I I don't care if why you think you're a monster, you aren't a one T to me. So please, he takes a deep breath and sobs, P please don't L leave M me. He keeps his face pressed against Michael's shoulder to muffle his cries, a little embarrassed to be crying so loudly and freely. Usually his cries are silent, a habit he picked up when his first foster home punished him for crying too loudly. He's not used to this, so he takes as much as he can get while hiding as much as he can at the same time. After a few minutes of sobbing, he feels a soft medley vibrate against his ear. He lets out one last cry before quietening, wanting to hear Michael's soft humming. He's happy that Michael isn't mad at him for crying. A small part of him was scared that he'd be punished for crying too loud again, but the larger part knew Michael wouldn't do that. He was kinder than that. Feel better? Gregory hums, not a no but not necessarily a yes. He does feel better, but he doesn't feel his best. I'm sorry, he whispers. Don't be, Michael says, you've been through a lot. It's okay to cry. That makes him want to sob all over again. Not only is Michael not punishing him, but he's encouraging him to cry. I know what it's like to be alone, Michael whispers. Gregory sniffles and looks up at him. My mom died when I was 11, and my father was a piece of shit. When my brother and sister died, I thought I was doomed to be alone, forever. But dash, Michael smiles, but then I found people who loved me and accepted me for who I was, demons and all. Even while I was a zombie, I had a boyfriend and friends throughout the years to keep me going. Michael cups his face and wipes away the tears still falling down his face. I'm sorry you don't have that Gregory. If, if you really don't want me to leave, then I won't. I'm not v very good with kids, but we'll figure something out once w we get out of here. Gregory stares at him in shock. You won't turn me into CPS? No? Not right away. I mean dash, Michael scrunches his nose up, I'll try my best to let you stay with me, at least. I'm not really good at this, but I want to try. You deserve to be taken care of and have a roof over your head. So, he whispers, will we be like, a family? Michael chuckles. I guess. As much as a family a previously dead guy and orphan can be. Gregory's eyes tear up again and Michael chuckles again, but his eyes tear up too. Come on kid, you're killing me here. Eh sorry, 
I just dash, he sniffles, I didn't think why you wanted me a around after tonight. I honestly thought I'd never see you after tonight, Michael shrugs, but I would have missed you, you know. You've grown on me. I would have missed you too. I was scared to go back to living alone on the streets. Well, don't worry about that. Michael runs a hand through his hair and smiles. I don't know much about caring for kids, but I'll do my best to look after you. I live in a shit studio apartment with horrible plumbing and no oven. Also, I have no car and barely any money since this job pays terribly. That all sounds better than living in a box. You're also going to have to trust me, Michael whispers, his smile turning sadder. The last children I cared for were my siblings, and, well. I trust you, he says, you being honest with me made me trust you even more. I know you've done some awful stuff, but, I think you're a good person now. I'm not Evan, and I think you're the kindest person I've known since my mom. Michael's face scrunches up, and before Gregory can see him cry again, he hides his face in his ratty, brown hair. Thanks, kid. That, that means a lot to me. He smiles and hugs Michael again. He's so happy that the older man won't abandon him after tonight. He doesn't care about the logistics of it, he just hopes he can stay with Michael for as long as possible. Alright. That was a good therapy session, but sadly, we're still trapped in a Fazbear hell hole. Michael stands up with him in his arms. It's 5am, and we've fixed every animatronic. All that's left to do is help Vanessa and stop my father. Where are the others? They left a little after I started crying, Michael smiles sheepishly, very nice of them to give us some privacy. He huffs. Yeah, I don't like crying in front of people. Same, Michael says. He reaches up to pinch one of Gregory's cheeks. That just means you're special. Lucky me. Michael ignores his snark and makes his way out of Freddy's room. He never even noticed they were in the bear's green room. Outside, Freddy, Chica, Roxy and Sun are waiting patiently for them. Monty is there too, but he's leaning against the opposite wall, a good distance away from Freddy's door. Michael said he rebooted him, so he must feel guilty for what he did. It's considerate of him to give them space. Mr. Afton, Gregory, Freddy begins, you two feeling better? I am, Michael says. He looks at Gregory. You okay? Yeah, he nods. He gently taps his bandaged head. My head doesn't hurt anymore either. That makes Monty remove himself from the wall. He doesn't make a step closer to them, but instead lowers his snout in shame. I'm sorry about that, kid. I, I didn't want to hurt you. Gregory wiggles in Michael's, a signal that he wants to be let down. Michael gets the hint and puts him down. He immediately makes his way towards Monty, who stares at him in surprise. He smiles up at the gator. I forgive you. I know it was Vanny making you do those things. Monty continues to stare at him in surprise until his face softens. He slowly reaches out and pats Gregory's head, making sure to avoid the bandages. Thanks kid. Gregory nods and walks back over to the rest of the group. So, now that everyone is fixed, all that is left is to help Vanessa, correct? Yep, Michael says, nodding at Freddy, we just need to finish the last two princess quest games and that should free her from father's control. And your father? We'll deal with him afterwards, Michael pauses, actually, Freddy. 
Can I talk to you privately for a second? All right, Freddy agrees, if only a little confused. Him and Michael walk back into Freddy's green room, leaving the other four animatronics and Gregory also confused. He wonders what Michael needed to tell Freddy. And why couldn't he say it in front of everyone? He'd hope Michael would stop hiding things from him. Relax kid, Roxy says, it's probably not that important. I guess, he mutters. Chica squats down in front of him and tilts her head in worry. Are you sure you're okay darling? Your eyes look so swollen. He winces. He hoped his earlier crying wouldn't leave any evidence. They probably noticed Michael's swollen eyes too. Why yeah, I did cry a little, but I'm really okay now. I promise. Chica looks at him critically for a moment before nodding, accepting his answer. She reaches into her chest cavity and pulls out a chocolate bar, handing it to him and smiling. He smiles back and takes it without hesitation. Unlike last time, he doesn't wait for Michael to taste test it, just goes right in and eats it. Michael and Freddy come out a couple minutes later. Michael looks unbothered, but Freddy looks, sad. It's brief, since he perks up the moment he steps outside his room, but Gregory could have sworn he saw the bear's eyelids and ears droop. He frowns at Michael as the older man walks up to him. What did you guys talk about? Michael smiles. Just needed to ask Freddy for a favor. Oh, he says. That isn't too bad. He was afraid Michael was hiding something from him again. So, where's the next game? When he and Michael turn around, Freddy's happy demeanor drops again. Chapter 16, Intermission, Freddy's Room Mr. Afton closes Freddy's door and turns around to look at the bear animatronic. I don't know if I'll make it out of here alive, Fred. Freddy's eyes widened at Mr. Afton's admission. Mr. Afton, you cannot dash. Let me finish, Mr. Afton says. Freddy shuts his mouth. It's not like I'm trying to die, but my father is unpredictable. I'm only telling you this because, if I don't make it out, I need you to keep a promise for me. Freddy wants to refuse, but a part of him knows Mr. Afton is right. So, he nods. Okay, what is the promise? Gregory doesn't have anywhere to go, Mr. Afton whispers. Freddy's eyes widened. His parents are gone, and his foster family kicked him out. He's been living on the streets for God knows how long. That is awful, he mutters. He had no idea, his poor superstar. No child deserves to fight on their own. He despises families who treat children like they are disposable. I know. That's why I promised to take care of him once we're out of here. I couldn't, he didn't want me to leave him, so I agreed to stay with him. I don't want him to be alone anymore. Mr. Afton places a hand on his shoulder. If I don't make it, then I need you to watch over him. Take care of him and make sure he is protected. I don't want to die knowing I'll be abandoning him with nothing. Freddy's ears droop. He knew that Gregory was growing attached to their technician, but he didn't know that he wished to stay beside Mr. Afton even after they left. He supposes it makes sense, since Gregory has gone a while without any loving adults in his life. Mr. Afton is kind to him, so of course he'd latch onto that kindness like a vice. Freddy doesn't wish to see him despair again. He cares about that kid too. I will keep your promise, Mr. Afton. If you do die, I will look after him. Mr. Afton smiles. 
Thank you, Freddy. Mr. Afton removes his hand from his shoulder and starts towards the door, but Freddy stops him just before he can open it. You are good man, Michael. He's never called Michael by his first name. It always felt too personal, but this is a special circumstance. Michael's smile turns a little sadder. You're good too, Freddy. Chapter 17, Princess Quest Success Well that was easy, Gregory huffs, as they walk towards where they think the third game is, hopefully the third game is easier. I just think you're a show-off, Michael scoffs. Gregory sticks his tongue out at him. Not my fault some people are ancient fossils who can't hold a joystick. You do remember you're just a four-foot punk that I can punt across the atrium, right? Do it cowardly. Michael levels him with an unimpressed glare. Before he can make a run for it, the older man scoops him up bridal style, causing him to yelp. Michael swings him up, almost like he is going to toss him, but doesn't actually let go. The action is enough to make him cry out in fear and laughter. You're lucky I care enough not to drop you. Michael swings him up one more time before putting him down. He huffs at the older man, a bit dizzy after being tossed around, and moves to walk beside Freddy. Michael smirks at him. Need Freddy to protect you? No, he huffs, I just know he won't toss me around like a rag doll. That is true. See? Michael blows a raspberry at him. Drama queen. Dick. Language. Michael groans and rubs his face with his hands. I never programmed that out of him. Why would you do that? Son gasps, it is important to correct children of their foul language. Very 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 important. Okay, sure, Michael sighs, I'm already a bad influence on the kid. True. Michael glares at him. He just gives him a sweet smile back. We're here, Monty announces. Gregory looks up at the Plex attraction that supposedly holds the last Princess Quest game, Phaser Blast. So the third one is up there? Sun nods and points up towards a catwalk overlooking the attraction. There's a room up there that she stays in. The third game is located there. Alright, Michael nods. He looks down at Gregory. You ready kid? He nods back. Ready. Michael grabs his hand and begins leading him towards the entrance, the other five right behind them. They are about to enter when multiple security bots roll up in front of them, effectively blocking their path. Freddy and Monty push their way in front of them, while Chica, Roxy and Sun stay behind guarding their backs. Shit, Michael mutters. Gregory looks at him, only to see Michael looking up at something else. He follows the man's line of sight and his eyes widen when he sees Vanny standing in front of the window overlooking Phaser Blast. She waves at them, then lifts up a remote, pressing the red button in the middle of it. Disassembled the animatronics tilde. The bots attack quickly, throwing themselves at Freddy and Monty and trying to make their way to Roxy, Chica, and Sunday Michael is quick to pull him close. You two need to get up there. Roxy growls, we'll handle the bots. Will you be okay? Michael asks. Roxy smirks. Of course. I'm the best. No bots can beat me. We'll be fine Mr. Michael, Chica reassures, you two just focus on the game. Michael looks down at him, then back to Chica and nods. He pulls Gregory around Freddy, Monty and the bots and runs towards the stairs that lead up to the catwalk. 
he's glad that Vanny only commanded the bots to focus on the animatronics. That means they could slip by easily. All right kid, Michael says, once they make it into Vanny's secret lair. It's small, with a mattress, table, an arcade machine in the corner. He rushes over to the machine and boots it up. Work your magic. On it, he says. The game starts just after the events of the second one. The gameplay is similar, thank god, so it doesn't take him long to fight off the enemies and light the lanterns. Michael Tilda. He gasps and turns around, just in time to see Vanny stroll in through the door. Don't stop Gregory. Keep playing. But Dash. Don't worry Dash. Michael doesn't get to finish as Vanny takes her knife and swings it towards him. It manages to cut his arm, just barely. He hisses and quickly dodges her next attempt. Hurry Gregory. He curses under his breath and goes back to the game. He tries his best to ignore the fight below and behind him, but it's difficult. It settles in that if he doesn't beat this game, then Vanny and William might win. He can't let that happen. He can't let the bots destroy the others, or let Vanny get Michael. He needs to win this so he can save everyone. He needs to save Vanessa too. As much as a pain she's been, she's just as much of a victim as him or Michael or the animatronics. He won't let her suffer anymore. He finally makes it to a door with an odd purple haze around it, and goes to open it. When the door finally opens, he walks in, causing the game to suddenly go dark. He lifts his hands away in shock, hoping that he beat it and that it didn't just crash. He remembers Michael and quickly turns around to make sure he's okay. Luckily, he looks unscathed save for the cut on his arm and torso. He's breathing heavily with his fists raised in front of his person. Across from him, Fanny holds her head, almost like she's in pain. Michael, he says. The older man doesn't look at him. Is she? Vanny drops her knife and goes to lift the bunny costume off her head. He knew it was Vanessa under the mask, but it still shocks him to see her wide, green eyes stare back at them in relief. Her once pristine blonde ponytail is now in disarray and her hands shake as she drops the Vanny head and clutches her own head once again. I. She whispers, I can't hear him anymore. He's gone. She falls to her knees, her hands clutching clumps of her hair tightly. It's so, quiet. She heaves and slouches close to the ground. Oh oh god, the tea things I've done, she heaves again, I'm a horrible person. I I am a fucking M murderer. Michael takes this chance to slowly walk towards her. He squats down in front of her. He doesn't say anything as he slowly reaches out and places his hands on both her shoulders. Vanessa flinches at the touch, but doesn't push away. She looks too tired to fight back. Michael takes this silent acceptance as permission to pull her into a hug. He's gentle when he places her head on his shoulder, and he doesn't hold her too tightly, just enough for it to be a hug. Vanessa looks surprised for one whole second before her face falls and... She breaks. She buries her face in Michael's shoulder and sobs. She sobs and screams, her hands clutching the pants of her costume instead of hugging Michael back. For the first time this entire night, Gregory feels a pang of sympathy for her. He jumps off the stool and walks over to the two. He doesn't try to comfort her, since he might make it worse, so he stays at Michael's side. After about five minutes of sobbing, she starts calming down. She sniffles and slowly lifts her head from Michael's shoulder.
Michael looks down at her. Okay. Vanessa takes a few seconds to respond. No? That's fine, he smiles, you've been through a lot. I don't deserve your sympathy, she whispers, I didn't deserve your help. Well, you got it anyway, he says, and far from me to judge who deserves saving and who doesn't. Michael reaches out to pat him on the shoulder. He flinches, not expecting the gesture. Gregory did though, and I trust his judgment. Vanessa looks at him now. Really? Even after all the horrible shit I put you through? Well, he shrugs, that wasn't really you anyway, so, I don't think you deserve to be brainwashed by some evil child murderer. It's messed up that he used you like that. But I still did them, she scowls, I'm still awful. You've done some awful stuff, but you can be a good person now. Gregory looks at Michael and smiles. That's what Michael taught me. Redemption isn't impossible, even for you. He feels Michael wrap his arm around his shoulder and pull him into a side hug. He truly believes that Vanessa can still fix her wrongs. She was a puppet for an awful man, and as long as she works to distance herself from this horrible plex, then she can still live as a good person. I don't even know what I can do to redeem myself. Well, Michael begins, his face turning serious, you can begin by telling us where William is. Then we can finally take down this son of a bitch. Together. Vanessa scowls, a look of pure hatred on her face. Gregory smiles. William is going down. Deal. The clock hits 6am. Chapter 18, A Visit to Fathers. William is alive. Springtrap, Glitchtrap, Burntrap, whatever he calls himself, is here, underneath the plex. His body is incomplete, and Vanny has spent months trying to rebuild it. His soul mostly lives on through a virus, but once his body is complete, he'll be back in action. And sadly, his body is about 99% complete. The kids she's killed have been used to revive his body. However, unknown to her and William, some of that remnant had been going to Michael's previously burnt body as well. The how is unknown, but it happened. That's why Michael found himself in a new, healthy body. The remnant was strong enough to not only heal his soul, but heal his everything as well. This slowed down William's own revival. It's why Vanny had to kill so many children, she had to make up for the lost remnant. She's also been using the animatronics to capture kids and bring them to her. Even Freddy has fallen victim to this manipulation. Vanessa says that the only reason the virus didn't work tonight is because of his malfunction. It automatically rebooted his system and flushed out the virus manually. Bonnie used to lure in children as well, but William soon found another use for him. Vanny lured him out one night and took him down to William to destroy him and use his parts for William's body. Since William is trapped in a Bonnie model, any Bonnie parts work perfectly for him. Gregory thinks if animatronics could throw up, they all would. Freddy looks devastated, Chico and Son look horrified, and Monty and Roxy look pissed. Vanessa killed nine children in total. Gregory would have been the last and final piece. That's why she put out all the protocols against him. That, and because William knew that Michael cared about him. He can't have his son care for a child if he's going to get Michael to join him. He's angry at Michael, but he also misses him. It's an odd flurry of emotions. He wants Gregory dead, no matter what. So the plan is, kill William and protect Gregory at all costs. 
This elevator takes you down to where he's being held, Vanessa says, it's old, and doesn't have much juice left in it. I don't think it can carry everyone. Then this is where we part. Michael stands in front of the elevator and turns to look at everyone. He's my father, so I'll deal with him. I will go too, Freddy says. Michael opens his mouth to protest, but Freddy interrupts him. You do not have to fight him alone, Michael. It would be beneficial to have some backup. Freddy's eyes flicker to Gregory quickly, something he doesn't catch, but the older man does. He sighs. Okay. Me and Freddy will go. And me? Michael looks at him in shock. Absolutely not. I'm staying with you, he huffs, I can help you burn him. Plus, I'm safest with you, remember? Not when I'm about to kill my child's murdering father. I'm not leaving you, he glares, we're in this shit together, whether you like it or not. Michael glares back. The expression lessens when Freddy places a hand on his shoulder. I will keep him in my hatch. He will be safest there. You can't be Dash. The kids are right Mike, Vanessa says, as long as William is alive, he's safest with you. You're the only one who hasn't been corrupted by him. Michael sighs again and pinches the bridge of his nose. He thinks over his options by nodding. Fine. Fine. Gregory will come with us. Michael points at him. You stay in Freddy's hatch until we say it's safe to come out. Clear? He can do that. Clear. Freddy turns to Vanessa. Would you like to come too, Officer Vanessa? Vanessa looks down at the ground, contemplating Freddy's question. Finally, after a few seconds, she shakes her head. I probably shouldn't. As much as I'd like to kill the bastard, it's still possible he can take control of my mind again. I, I can't risk it. Me and the others will stay up here to deactivate the rest of the security bots. You sure? Michael asks, this is your last chance for revenge. Vanessa shakes her head again. It's better if I stay as far away from him as possible, she takes out a flash drive and places it in Michael's hand, so I'm counting on you. Make him pay for everything he's done, okay? Michael nods and clutches the drive, determination written on his face. I will. Freddy opens his hatch and Gregory climbs in it. They say their goodbyes to son, Monty, Roxy Chica, and Vanessa as they walk into the elevator and press the down button. The ride down is rocky and sketchy as hell. Gregory isn't sure this thing could take them back up. Vanessa did say it was on its last leg. Once they make it to the bottom, they find a huge cave of dirt and wires everywhere. If Gregory listens closely, he can hear machinery running. It's eerie. Vanessa said he's down lower, in some safe room, Michael says, we need to find its entrance. Michael and Freddy make their way through the cave. There's not much going on besides a bunch of wires scattered around, but the closer they get to the end of the cave, the louder the machinery noise is. Actually, it sounds more like snoring, if he thinks about it. Is the machinery down here, alive? Here? Michael points towards a hole in the ground that absolutely does not look safe in any shape or form. He holds his breath as Michael makes his way down the hole, Freddy close behind. He can feel Bear's careful movements, he's trying hard not to slip and make a mistake. This place, Michael mutters, it feels, familiar. He points his flashlight around, 
trying to find the safest route down. He freezes and stops short at one particular corner. No? He whispers in horror. Gregory peeks out and gasps at the sight before him. A massive bundle of wires is nestled between the walls and stairs. It's making sounds, and he realizes that this thing is the one making snoring sounds. Almost like it's sleeping. He can see animatronic faces scattered on the blob, older models, he assumes. I knew I felt them, Michael says, they, they should have died in the fire. They are still here, still trapped. Who? Freddy asks. Michael turns towards him. A child. His victim, he turns back towards the blob, I can't tell who is in there but, they are so angry. They know their father is here. He shines his flashlight around the blob creature. God, it could be anyone. Funtime Freddy, he points the flashlight at a pink and white Freddy face. Susie, an old-looking Chica model. Jeremy, an older Bonnie model. Mangle, a foxy model, he assumes. Michael gasps at the next one. Charlie, he whispers, in a creepy-looking puppet mask. Lizzie, he chokes out, pointing his light at a clown-looking animatronic. Lizzie, Michael's sister. I'm so sorry, he says, I'm gonna make sure he dies this time. For good. The blob doesn't answer. Just continues to snooze. Michael turns away from the creature and continues down the hole. Freddy doesn't comment on the interaction, just continues to follow Michael to where his father is. Michael must step on a weak piece of wood, because he's suddenly falling down, completely disappearing from Freddy and Gregory's sight. Michael, they yell out in worry. Freddy doesn't waste a second and jumps down the hole after him. The ride is bumpy and long, and Gregory is happy they both make it down in one piece. Who knew Freddy's hatch could be this safe? It literally cushioned the fall for him. The fall led them to a pizzeria. A very old, very burnt-looking pizzeria. He never knew the plex was built on top of another Fazbear site. Michael stands up from his tumble, not injured, thank God, and slowly walks through the place. This is my pizzeria. Your pizzeria? Freddy asks. He stands up as well and dusts himself off. Well, it was owned by my uncle, Michael says, but I ran it. I was the manager. It was my job to buy new things, handle lawsuits, handle finances, he pauses, make sure all the haunted animatronics were gathered in one place. Oh? Oh? That's why this place is burnt. This is where you died. Where everyone should have died, Freddy says. Michael nods. It should have worked. Uncle Henry worked so hard to make sure everyone was put to rest. And now here we are, he scowls, more kids dead. More heartbreak. More needless suffering. I'm so tired of it. We will end him this time, Freddy says. Michael sighs and sets his eyes towards a back door. Right. 